0: Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, February 25th, 2023. And our top story today, it's Secure Saturday. Opportunities in the SECURE Act for women to save and become financially secure. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Cindy Hounsel is the founder of Wiser. And Elaine Dent is with CUNA Mutual Group. Elaine, Cindy, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Great, morning.
1: great to be here with you.
0: Uh, we appreciate having you both on Secure Saturday. And uh, Cindy, I want to start with you. Um, you you've really been a pioneer as it relates to helping women with their financial security. And I, I want to ask you, you: you saw the passage of the Secure Act. We, you saw you've presumed you and Elaine and the and the board have read through probably ninety four different provisions. What sticks out to you in terms of of provisions that really benefit women and their financial security?
1: Um, Well, the emergency savings, that's a big one. And the the savers match, um, which is, you know, sort of my favorite Um, and portability, you know, that's a big, big issue for women because women are much more likely to cash out their retirement accounts and so if they never get their hands on it, you know, and it just goes to their next account, that would be great. Um, and uh, then there's a military spouse provision, which is also, you know, really helpful to military spouses. And um, you know, even even the RMDs um, are important because a lot of times we get we get um, questions and calls from widows who have no idea that they're going to have to start paying all this money and incur penalties and things like that. So um, that's a, you know, even though some people think it's only for wealthy people, it isn't really true. It, it really is important to a lot of women.
0: Yeah, real, really, really good points. Elaine, I want to come to you and it's great to, to meet you and great to have you on the program as well. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Secure Act. I want to get your perspective as a, as a member of Wiser, a board member. Um, tell us a little bit about how you see the Secure Act and, and and also maybe how women are doing when it comes to their financial security.
2: Well, thank you and pleasure to be here. Um, And working with Cindy and Weiser, I definitely want to echo everything that she said. And, you know, really looking at this, I'm going to cheat a little bit and kind of give you three buckets of provisions. Um, The first is just encouraging more small employers uh, through credits to put plans in place because, you know, that's where coverage lacks. That's where. Individuals can't find uh, a retirement savings plan at the workplace as small employers kind of given the fiduciary obligations, the legal obligations, as well as um, the money uh, in order to administer those accounts. And a lot of women work for small employers. And so encouraging small employers to put plans in place is a great thing. And as part of that, there's actually incentives for auto enrollment and auto escalation. That means women, women you know, just automatically begin saving for retirement. And uh, every year that percentage increases. And so um, kind of giving women longevity, um, lower wages, uh, you know, it is important for women to start early. And so having coverage, getting them in early, escalating, uh, the retirement savings rate are very important things. And another great provision um, makes it easier for long-term part-time workers uh, to become eligible to participate in retirement savings account. Uh, once again, a large part of that population are women, um, be it seasonal, women in and out of the workforce for caregiving reasons, um, you know, their need to work on a part-time basis, they really benefit once again from getting in and beginning to save for their family's retirement. And so uh, the participation is important. And I'm going to quickly highlight one other is the special catch-up contribution. If you're between the age between 60 and 63, you get to save a little bit more. And the importance of that is You know, as women, we're busy, um, you know, paying for expenses related to child wearing and, you know, all those expenses with raising a family that sometimes we can't focus and really dedicate money to savings until we kind of are empty nesters. And so having that ability to save even more uh, beyond the catch up contribution limits uh, is a great thing that really benefits women as well.
0: Yeah, really, really good points for both of you. Cindy, I want to ping pong back to you. And um, there's a lot of, you know, the affected dates are really staggered for some of these provisions. And there's a lot of work that has to be done between now and those affected dates. Uh, How important is communication education? You mentioned you get a lot of phone calls from widows and uh, women asking questions. But as we're ramping up, And you're talking about all these record keepers and providers out there who are looking to deliver service. How important is that education going to be for women savers, especially?
1: Oh, I I think it's key. I I, I mean, I I think one of the interesting sort of the companion provision to the savers match is that the Treasury is going to have to do, you know, real promotion of the of this you know, provision so that people will know and it will get used by the people that's intended for, like moderate and low income um, Americans. And, you know, I think without that, we've had that problem with before the the, uh, match with the saver's credit, which it's replacing. And, you know, that's a wonderful provision, but so many people don't know about it. And especially women know the least because there's been a lot of research done on that. So... I think you know if you don't tell people, and a number of people that I talked to about the about the match didn't notice that the effective date was 2027. So, um, you know, that it, it, it obviously key because people are going to be looking for something that isn't quite there yet. So,
0: yeah, really really good point. And Elaine, I want to finish out the interview. Look, I think all these, I think we all can agree that these are steps in the right direction when it comes to savers and women savers. Are there things that you and the members of WISER are thinking about maybe for secure 3.0. Do I dare say that? I mean, Congress may be exhausted at this point. But are there things that you're, in all, all seriousness, from a policy perspective that you would like to see um, maybe in some future technical corrections or future bills?
2: Uh, sure. You know, we always want to kind of look around the corner and uh, there's always more to do. Clearly, we want to see the impact of Secure 2.0 and get some good research and data associated there. Um, but, you know, once you get expand coverage, encourage it, participation, you probably need to look at, okay, the other side of the equation. Once you retire, <laughs> how do I make my retirement savings last? And so, what is the role of lifetime income? You know, how do we educate um, women to begin, okay, this is your retirement savings. With social security, how do we budget in the out years? Uh, so we continue to be financially secure in our retirement. And so, you know, Cindy's definitely been doing a lot of work in, in that space as well. Um, it's really a two-prong, you know, it's retirement savings and it's actually drawing down on those savings of retirement and what that looks like and providing the education so
0: women stay secure. Yeah, really good, really good points. Uh, well, ladies, we're going to have to leave it there, continue the great work you guys are doing at Wiser on behalf of women everywhere. I and mean, we look, we look forward to having you back on the program again, both very soon.
1: Great. Thank you so much. We're great, grateful to be here.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Elaine and Cindy. And when we come back, we'll take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, I'm Jeffrey Snyder, and this is your retirement update. The SECURE Act passed in December 22 offers up some great savings opportunities to roll money from your 529 to a Roth IRA.
3: You may end up with some money left over. and I think it's more of a fear on the early end that parents go, what if I fund this 529 account and then I'm stuck with it and I'm gonna have a bad consequence. So I don't know that it happens too often, but it is something that gets in people's heads and keeps them from saving. So knowing that you have another option and that at the end of the day, if you've saved and have money left in your 529 account, you can move it into a Roth IRA and not have any adverse tax consequences, in fact, have even better tax advantages, uh, that's pretty powerful.
0: So now you don't have to worry about over-contributing to your college savings plan while short-changing your retirement. In fact, you can jumpstart it. With your retirement update, I'm Jeffrey Snyder with the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you
3: stuck with a low credit score, a credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit.
4: I started thinking
2: about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying.
3: Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit.
2: I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report, so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it
3: takes is one
2: call to get started. Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score.
3: Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152.
0: This week, we discussed movie theaters making a comeback. Let's take a look.
3: I think that right now, and just to give some background to the folks watching that might not know, AMC's um, CEO talked about a big victory that they had over the release of the uh, new comic book movie, Ant-Man. Basically, what they did, which I think was a really clever move from a marketing perspective, is they, they... <clears throat> made a, a a popcorn bucket out of the um, the main characters like helmet. And when you opened it, all the popcorn was inside. It was 29 dollars And it was really fun. It was like the kind of thing that you don't see at the movies often these days. And he said that they made an enormous amount of money. I think he said $600,000 in one day from sales of this fun thing. And I think I think that this kind of merch tie-in really appeals to a lot of folks, especially folks in the comic book and gaming communities, because we are kind of known for loving fun merch. Like, it's just kind of a thing in in these fandoms. And um, so I think it obviously appealed to a lot of folks like me. It appealed to a lot of kids and families, of course, who were like, oh my god, cool. Um, But so uh, the CEO said, we'll be seeing more tie-ins like that in the future. And I mean, yeah, no kidding, because you could rake in that much extra money, you know, from something, you know, I don't want to say simple, but I mean, you know, like that's something that I think a lot of folks that enjoy collectibles would probably really, really enjoy to see more of me included. And I feel like that would actually get me in the theater versus sitting on my couch and watching another, you know, Netflix movie, which is very convenient. But I'm a person who's always loved to go to the movies, but I know that's not the case for everybody. A lot of people would just prefer to watch at home. I think it depends on on the the folks that are going to the movies and the movie and the kind of people. Um, But I do think that that's one possible advantage that movies could do for fun. Because I do think that uh, theaters like AMC are definitely seeing, you know, the folks that were like, "Well, we're t- We got tired of watching movies at home for two years. We want to go to the theater." And so, while the theaters aren't necessarily packed, I think that things like this are something that streaming, you know, they it can't offer, and it's a family experience in this case too. So, you know, if you went to the, you know, the theater to see Ant Man with your kids and they were so excited because they got to take something home, I think that brings kind of. It kind of reminds people of the magic of the movies, and I mean, I know that sounds a bit odd, but you know, I still think the movies are magic, and I think it's just a little something that reminds people that it is worth getting up and getting in the car and going to the theater. So I think it's very smart. I'm very interested to see what AMC, AMC, excuse me, will do. Um, with things like this, with tie-ins from here on out. I think it could be really lucrative for their business. I think that, you know, the movies, like I said, have gotten some advantages with, you know, people really wanting to get out of the house and come back to theaters and have outdoor, you know, social experiences. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, you could spend, you know, I don't know, whatever, like, even for just yourself, you could spend, you know, 30 or $40 to get your ticket, go to the theater, spend the gas, buy your ridiculously overpriced popcorn and sit down. So it's like, I feel, I still feel from the financial point of view and in a time where like, you know, people are more worried about finances, they don't have the advantage. So to be like, hey, you have to do all that. And then also you have to pay a fee to sit somewhere that you've sat free for 20, 30, 40 years, depending on how long you've been alive. I think that's probably a really bad move on their part. I mean, it, it kind of, um, kind of waits to be seen. I do think that one thing that is a possibility for theaters is to do kind of like a VIP program, which some folks have done. But what it means is that by paying like a small monthly subscription fee or whatnot, you always are like, you have reserved seating in like the plushes seats in the theater. Like you basically get a VIP experience. I think a lot of people enjoy the kind of, it makes them feel special. So that's a possibility. But you know, Making me pay twice as much or, you know, a quarter as much or whatnot to sit in the seats that I've always sat in. I, yeah, I don't think that's a great business move personally.
0: And we also discussed, are you and your partner financially compatible? Let's take a look.
5: No, we're not. And I think that that's definitely a dimension of someone that's really uh, missing from their, you know, dating app profile (laughs) that people aren't like, oh, I'm a spender. I'm a saver. I'm a stacker. Like nobody's really putting that, like how they manage money um, on their public profile. And so when you're swiping right on, you know, relatively superficial uh, things and then forgetting to get into that conversation as you're starting to get to know someone, it's, you know, highly likely that you'll end up uh, kind of being incompatible and possibly finding some of those issues out down the line when you're like, well, I already love This person but boy we see money very differently you know often when we're talking about those big aspirations we talk about you know them in kind of the um the intangible sense right but the reality is that kids a house all of those things cost a lot of money. And so when you don't actually speak to your partner about, you know, how much they earn, like how much do they have in assets? Like what are, you know, what's their savings rate? Like all of those kinds of things that are the means to those end, right. To be able to afford a house or have children and and live the lifestyle that you want. um, There's, there's a missing piece there. Um, And so it's really important to talk to your partner about that. um, And I highly recommend doing that earlier than later we as human beings are so much more than our credit score right um so just to be clear about that but i think there are a lot of interesting ways you can just sort of bring that up you can either use a you know me statements or i statements say like hey like you know i'm thinking about doing this i'm thinking about making this change in my 401k like what do you think about that and that's an interesting way of gauging someone's level of like financial literacy and awareness Um, or like what do you do right and so like kind of making it more about like i'm asking you for help or insight here um but also doing like a little digging while while i'm doing that Um, so that's an interesting way or bringing up conversations about like how your family maybe has managed money or spoken about money in the past and asking what their experience has been Um, all of those ways are are okay ways to to bring them up Um, i definitely wouldn't start that conversation with like you know what's your salary (laughs) like that's that's not (laughs) the way to go um as that can be a really sensitive subject for um many reasons but um, i think there are ways of kind of you know Tying it into the goals that somebody may have um, and into their like previous life experiences, that would be an okay way to open those doors. I think that just asking some of those simple questions can give you a pretty solid sense of just how much somebody pays attention to their money. I think that's a really interesting um, barometer for, you know, how compatible you may be. It's like if you're either somebody that's in your bank account, investment account, kind of seeing where you are, tracking your net worth versus somebody that like avoids all of that, doesn't want to look at it. There's a pretty high likelihood you're not going to be compatible. um, You're not Going to want to like even talk about finances, let alone see eye to eye on how you know you should be spending or investing your money.
0: Well, those were certainly great segments, and I want to thank all of our great contributors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Sunday. I'll be joined by members of the Media, Academia, Financial Services, and Government as we analyze all the news and events for the week. So, until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.
4: You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.